all ninjas, calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Today on Lime Ninja Radio. All of a sudden, I was sitting with a client, and all of a sudden, my whole body was just had the sensation of pinpricks all over me, and everywhere it was so intense. Wow! It was almost unbearable. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, it added in another layer of intensity where I felt, in addition to the pinpricks, I felt like there were thousands of tiny worms crawling under my skin. This podcast is sponsored by the Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker. I'm so excited to tell you about our new Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker. One of the things I hear over and over again, whether it's talking to a patient in my office or consulting over the phone with a client, is just how difficult it is to keep track of progress on their Lyme journey. Recording symptoms daily or even weekly gives them too many data points. There are so many ups and downs, twists and turns that at some point they get lost and confused. The Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker takes all the guesswork out of tracking symptoms with a simple monthly questionnaire. Once a month is the perfect interval to see if that new supplement or protocol is working. Right now, when you take the Symptom Tracker questionnaire, we give you a simple composite score for the month. But we have big plans and the data you enter will not be lost as we roll out new features. Best of all, it's free. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker and sign up. That's LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker. You'll be glad you did. Hello, I'm your host and acupuncturist McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 160 with Maitreyi Meliana. Also, welcome our show producer and the brains behind Lime Ninja Radio, Aurora. Hello, and in this episode, you will learn what is holistic psychotherapy, how a dream gave Maitreyi faith that she would survive her Lyme journey, and how Lyme gave her the incentive to live an empowered life. Thanks, Aurora. As you all know, every journey through Lyme disease is different, and cookie-cutter approaches just don't work. You need to fight Lyme like a ninja. That's why each week we bring you a new, fabulous guest. Well, some of them are repeats. They're not all new. But they're all fabulous. But they're all fa- I mean, the, the, the people we bring back are like quality, quality. Top notch. Top, top notch. shelf. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like good vodka. <laughs> not the bottom shelf stuff. Okay. Enough about our drinking habits here uh, on My Ninja Radio. Yep. Because we know out there that, unfortunately, that's one of the things that really gets pushed aside right away with people's liver and kind of the also the aldehydes that are part of the breakdown of alcohol, it just makes limey sick. It's so sad. So one of the hallmarks of, you know, you're getting better is you can have a glass of wine without major repercussions the next day. Yep. That is always a landmark on the Lyme journey. <laughs> anyway, we digress here. Yes. Also, we want to welcome people from all over the world who are listening to Lime Ninja Radio, not just here in the States. We have listeners from Mexico City to Leeds in the UK, and even South Korea and Switzerland. It's pretty cool. And let's give the top 10 city list of the day, one of my favorite new features that we're doing. 
Starting at number 10 is Seattle, Washington. Number nine, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I spent a semester there at Duquesne University. Oh, did you now? I did. Very cool. Uh, Number eight is Lake Worth, Florida. Number seven, Ikesburg, Pennsylvania. Number six, Ashburn, Virginia. Keeping it real. Number five, San Jose, California. Number four, North Balerica, Maryland. Number three, New York, New York. Yeah. Number two, Patterson, New Jersey. Which is kind of almost like New York. <laughs> Don't, Don't tell. send head mail, Don't Patterson. Say that. <laughs> Don't tell them that. And number one this week is San Anselmo. Did I say that right? Sh- California. San Anselmo? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Lime Ninja Radio. All right, Aurora, why don't you tell us a little bit more about this week's guest, Maitreyi. And this is taken from her website. Maitreyi Meliana is a sole purpose coach, women's workshop leader, and spiritual teacher and holistic psychotherapist. Maitreyi's spiritual path, which she has had for most of her life, has wound through integral yoga, tantra, mysticism, and metaphysics. She was miraculously healed of Lyme disease on her first visit to John of God, a spiritual healer in Brazil. Thanks, Aurora. And here's our interview with Maitreyi Meliana. Your background is in Mm -hmm. psychology? Yeah, I'm a psychotherapist. Um, I'm a holistic psychotherapist. So what does that mean? What that means is I... Um, bring in mind, body, spirit. So it's not traditional Western psychology is more Freud and Jung and, you know, in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also very much bring in Eastern philosophy, spirituality, and the body and how everything is interconnected. Um, and so when people come to see me, they don't just want to work on their psyche, but they also want to work on their spiritual part. Um, yeah. So, and people come to see me either for just things that are in their life or health reasons, um, or want to come into their own as beings, as soul beings. And, um, so it's, um, yeah, it's just a very uh, complete orientation. Now, I, this is for my own edification as well, because I don't personally have a... And I'm, my background is that I'm an acupuncturist. So I, to- oh, okay. I totally understand what you're talking about. And even though I've been doing this for 25 years, when somebody says spiritual, I still don't know what that means. And, I'm, and, yeah, I'm, and I mean that yeah. honestly. It's like, what? So from your point of view, what... When you said the spiritual part of of what you do, what do you mean? Yeah, what I mean is um, when I say spiritual, I'm referring to the part of us that is sacred. And all of us is really sacred. Our bodies are sacred. Our hearts are sacred. Um, and what I mean by that is our connection to the divine. Um um, whether it is, some people might think it's a force outside of us, but I really believe it's a force within us. And our true essence, who we are as human beings, 
is really spiritual. So, for example, um, when we go to the ocean or when, when you go out into nature and look at trees, there's just this incredible force and energy that moves us. You don't have to be of any religion or persuasion. We just feel it. And we're uplifted. We're taken to a place of rest, of peace, of just comfort. Um, and that is how we connect with spirit, just in the world, just in a, in a natural world. And when I mean spiritual, I'm talking about the part of us that is our very deepest truth. Um, and for, it's different for each of us. Um, and we access it in moments of when we search, when we look within, or when we listen to what's so commonly known as a still, small voice within us. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes it can be a lightning bolt out of nowhere that just makes us completely turn our lives and go in a completely different direction. You know, what is that? that drives us behind our mental chatter. That, to me, is a spiritual. Thank you for that. That's very beautiful. Thanks. And did you always have that awareness as you were studying for to get your degree and, and getting licensed, or was that something that came along afterwards? It was actually there much before. <laughs> So um, I was born and grew up in India, and India is a very spiritual country. Um, it's a country that where spirit has been at the center of life for centuries, and a lot of practices and just daily living are centered around spiritual, the spirit, our lives of spirit. Um, and for me personally, I think you know, outside of India even, I just always had this connection, this very powerful connection with nature. I could hear, I felt like I could commune with trees and nature and these huge, huge boulders around where I used to live. So I felt like there was this constant communication between me and the earth and me and nature and I've always held that, so I always hold life is completely sacred, and um, I just brought I brought that to psychology. So when I went to a school, it was really important to me that I actually went to a school that did believe in spirit, that did hold space for the spirit, and um, yeah. And I've since, you know, becoming a psychotherapist. That's just how I work, and. The people who come to me are interested in that and want that for themselves as well. So that's interesting. Where did you go to school? I went to school at a wonderful school in San Francisco. It's called the California Institute of Integral Studies. And it's a mind-body-spirit school and is actually based on the philosophy of an Indian mystic. Um, so it's this wonderful combination of Western psychology and in, in, and Eastern thought, um, which is such a rich dialogue and conversation um, for so much to come together. 
So you have this deep spiritual background, you get educated in how the mind works and how it kind of gets off track, and you also have this reverence and connection with nature, and then you get Lyme disease. Right. You think everything should be fine. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about that. Where where did how did you come down with Lyme? Or where do you think? Do you know? I I don't know. And I think I I don't think I'll ever know. Um it came out of the blue. It wasn't it wasn't uh the bullseye rash. So I didn't have that. So that leads me to believe I was bitten by a tick years ago, and I don't remember when. Uh, but the symptoms happened literally like a switch got turned on, and they were super intense. I've been healthy my whole life, just very healthy, exercised, ate well, and, um, you know, ate too much sugar, probably drank a little too much caffeine. But beyond that, I was, you know, in great, took reasonable, reasonably good care of my health. Um, so to get something like this, there was no forewarning other than, I should say, a couple of dreams that I might go through something. Um, but yeah, the symptoms were very intense. All of a sudden, I was sitting with a client and all of a sudden my whole body was just had the sensation of pinpricks all over me. You know how sometimes your leg goes to sleep, mm-hmm. um, and that's one level of pinpricks. This was, if you take that and you multiply it, I don't know, times 100, <laughs> it was, and everywhere, it was so intense. Wow. It was almost unbearable. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, it added in another layer of intensity where I felt, in addition to the pinpricks, I felt like there were thousands of tiny worms crawling under my skin. And that really freaked me out. That I thought I'd gone into the deep end. I thought it felt like I'd been thrown into a pit of snakes and I had no idea what to make. So crawling all over your body and you look and you, and there's nothing there. Nothing, nothing, absolutely fine. Nothing. (laughs) And I've, I've not had mental health issues, you know, so it's not, like yeah. I was going psychotic. Yeah, know, but that, that was going to be my question yeah. there. So you're, you're having these uh, clearly neurological symptoms, and mm-hmm. you know they're getting worse. And are you thinking, is this my brain? What What are you thinking at the time? Because you have, you know, you have a medical background. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I knew it wasn't my brain. Okay. And I, I will, uh, I will say, um, and this is. You know, partly because I am connected to my spirituality, I had had a dream a few weeks earlier to this saying that I was going to go through something and that I would, it was going to be a purification, but that I would come out on the other side. It, it was a lovely message to receive. I had no idea what it meant. But when this came up, I realized, oh, it's something I know I'm going to go through. Um, so but at you, the same time... You I, immediately I was, connected yeah. it with to the dream. I did. Okay. I did. That's pretty important. Yeah. It is, it is very important. Um, because it gave me a context, you know, and it gave me 
trust and faith that there was hope um, and that it was a journey and that I would receive something from it as, as one receives from any journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's not to say I wasn't terrified out of my mind that it felt terrible and horrible and I got every bit of help that I needed to get. Um, it just helped me hold it in a very different context, which I think a lot of, most people don't have. Um, okay. Yeah. So now we've got a couple of days, you've got these neurological mm-hmm. pins and needles that turns into pins and needles plus crawly worms under the skin right. that aren't really there, right. but so boy, I, it feels like it now, now what happens? Now what happens is I, you know, tell my partner, I, I go online to the wonderful world of Google online. Dr. And, Google. Uh, <laughs> and, and there are, you know, there are at least 20 different um, diseases out there with those, with this, those kinds of symptoms. And, and I don't know what led me to it, but I was led to Lyme. Really? Um, yeah. The other thing was, it was, it was, if, if I had been using drugs, there's, um, it could have been a drug, but I don't use drugs, never mm-hmm. have. So it was, that wasn't it. But Lyme just somehow seemed to ring true. And I contacted a Lyme practitioner and she asked me to come in and, um, you know, she, she thought it could have very, was very, um, almost positive it was Lyme, but of course wanted me to do the test. Mm-hmm. So she gave me something to sleep because I could not sleep with those horrible symptoms, which was I was grateful for, and she put me right away on antibiotics. Um, and <clears throat> I was lucky that I think I got this Thursday, Friday, and she was able to see me Tuesday of the following week. So it was all moved very quickly. Very, very quickly, um, yeah. Very quickly. And, of course, she gave me all kinds of guidance around diets and supplements, and I went at it with a fervor. <laughs> I, and this is the thing, I, I, you know, I just threw myself into it. I did nothing for weeks but take care of myself and see clients. I, you know, my social life just <laughs> completely diminished. Right. And, um, I, I completely changed my diet, went, got, a, got on herbs, I got on a whole slew of supplements, um, started detoxing, which is very important. And I did these baths. I would spend anywhere from three to six hours, believe it or not, in the tub. What, kind of, with what kind of baths? Clay, bentonite clay, mm-hmm. essential oils, um, different kinds of clays, neem oil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's my Indian background. I brought in the neem because it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's supposed to, you know, eradicate just about any virus. Yeah, um, it's wonderful stuff. Yeah, so I, it was, a, you know, a very perfumed <laughs> um, <laughs> bath. And, but, you know, and so that was my physical. Um, you know, I was very clean, just completely went on this complete, U-turn of how I live my life and just was purifying and detoxing. And did you start the feeling honestly, better? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I could sleep and I was very grateful. Well, that's important. Yeah, yeah. I could sleep. Yeah. So at least I could rest and have a, you know, sane mind and function and see my clients and come back. And But it was awful to sit in, in a room with my client and to sit and look at this person and while I'm looking at them, feeling these things crawling across my eyes. Mm-hmm. 
you know, when I just wanted to leap out of my chair and scream, I had to <laughs> just sit and bear. Um, right. It was, um, it was, it was very hard. Um, and the other thing is I thought I was contagious. I didn't know what it was. We didn't have uh. the test results back. I didn't, I was still, you know, in my online, it would take six weeks, you know, for the IGENX text, text to come back. Um, so it was, I was in for the long haul. The other thing I did was I, you know, because of my background, I got put myself in homeopathy. I consulted um, an, a medical intuitive, and I went after unearthing the emotional cause of the illness. Okay. I just knew in my gut there was something that I knew that this was I was not this was not going to be the rest of my life that this was a symptom in the larger sense of something else I needed to heal emotionally. So I treated it like, as a therapist often will, um, a symptom or a, um, a symbol, if you will, of something else that I needed to look at, but I wasn't looking at. Mm-hmm. And I did a series of drawings You know, I drew myself, and I drew Lime, and Lime showed up as this big spider. And And those are the drawings that are in your book, correct? Those are drawings in my book. Yeah, okay, great. And it represented my my deepest fears. And, you know, the drawings, as you've seen, this is a sequence. I get swallowed up by the spider, and that's my biggest fear, to be swallowed up by my fears. And interestingly enough, for two years prior to getting this, I had been asking the universe to come into my power as a woman. For me, in my life, that was my biggest Achilles heel. <laughs> I, I knew there was a lot more to me that needed to come out. I didn't know how. Um, and as I did the drawings, you know, I, I, saw myself be swallowed up by a spider. Then I asked myself the question, who would I be if I didn't have Lyme? And I drew myself literally as, as a very empowered woman um, uh, and in Indian terms, a goddess, if you will. Mm-hmm. Let it in my fullest spiritual nature, fully empowered and doing what I'm supposed to do here. And I knew then that getting Lyme was my body's way, my soul's way, my psyche's way, whatever you, however you want to call it, of helping me come into my power. And I knew that, yes, I was going to heal, go after my treatment in a physical way, but the real work, my inner work, my inner healing was to come into my power. So that set me on a whole other trail. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. So in, in looking back, let me make this comment first. So one of the thoughts in Chinese medicine about infections such as Lyme, but these, uh, they're called goo syndrome. It's an old idea. And goo is described as oil and flour mixed together. And then the physician's job is to separate the two out. And essentially it's an a set impossible task, right? 
that these mm-hmm. these uh, infections get in you at such a level that you know to heal is is very very difficult and the other thing is goo is considered an invasion <laughs> right mm-hmm. so you're you're and another way we talk about it colloquially or our, our nicknames for we talk about in my school being possessed so you can be possessed mm-hmm. by Lyme disease now in looking back you know obviously you had this dream you know you you get this sense that there's this deeper level of healing there's something holding you back what was the lime holding you back do you think no lime was actually taking me forward ah uh, okay yeah lime you know it's 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 when everything erupts then you're forced to make changes in ways that otherwise I might have had resistance or thought of next year, you know. Um, but with Lyme, I had to do it now. The time was now. So all the all the resistance dropped away. All the excuses, all yes. the, I'll get to it some other time when I have my trip to wherever and sit on the mountaintop. Right. I have to do it now <laughs> in my bedroom. Or in your case, the bathtub, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> right. The bathtub. (laughs) Now, the other thing you bring up in your book, and you're the second person to mention John of God. And Mm. we didn't, with the last interview, and it's, geez, more than a year now, maybe a year and a half, we didn't talk a whole lot about it. But tell me about that, because that's clearly a spiritual Mm -hmm. healing experience. Yes, yes, definitely. And that I attribute to my complete healing and my miracle healing going to John of God. So John of God is a medium in Brazil, and he channels very evolved beings of light and love. And what that means is um, we're, we, we might be exposed to many different mediums here, and you know our relatives who passed have come through and so on. But these are not the being kinds of beings who come through him. They are they're very evolved. They've um, some of them are, are actually saints. Um, some of many of them have been doctors and surgeons on their past earth lives. Um, and their whole purpose of coming through is on the other side to serve. Because when they serve on the other side, they evolve in turn. So there's this huge as a medium, John of God is this huge portal for 40-some beings who come through to heal. And they, in turn, are training other beings, thousands, to help heal people. The kind of work that happens there is of a completely different paradigm. And I, with all my spirituality, have never encountered anything like it. Um, because the main focus is healing. And it's not just physical healing. It's holistic healing on every level. It is healing of the body, the heart, the spirit, um, the mind, of relationships, of soul, everything. And they, they work on a different level. They work with different um, technologies, if you will, than what we even know are accustomed to. They work on a very quantum level. So when they're healing, they're not, it's 
it's energy healing. It's not, they're not really focusing on the matter or the viruses. They too are going to the cause of what this, what any illness is for anybody. And, um, you know, and they, for them being who they are as spirits, they can even go back further into past lives and heal what was, you know, what I may have been carrying as a soul over multiple lifetimes. Um, so the messages I, I re- received when I went there, um, and I was, my, the, the calling went away after two days after going there. So it was a complete miracle cure, and the pinpricks dropped to 10% um, within a month. And after 18 months, completely disappeared. So mine was um, what they call a miracle healing. It happens so quickly. Yeah. Um, but and that was one part of it. But um, there was a lot of communications. Somehow I was able to hear and receive the messages that they were telling me, and they showed me many past lives of not being in my power, of being persecuted and tortured, um, and you know, and so so I I think my fears, literally, as I had drawn in the pictures. Um, were true on that level. I just didn't have the words. I didn't know how to get to them. Um, so there was um, amazing healing that happened there. And I'm only one of, I mean, he's worked with, or the beings, I should say, because he doesn't credit himself for the healing. Um, the beings have um, healed to, to record knowledge, like something like 8 million people. That's mm. a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. do you have friends or family says, say, challenge you <laughs> a little bit? Says, that's, that's all in your <laughs> know, head. It's very challengeable. It's yeah. very challengeable, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, well, my partner has been too. And he, oh, that he helps. It helps a lot. And he was healed of. Um, his um, ailment, um, and his took four years, so his took a longer time. Um, my parents initially were didn't understand it at all. It didn't make sense to them. Um, they were just happy that I had healed. Um, but interestingly enough, um, I took them there um, some years ago, and it actually helped heal some just very long-standing emotional issues between us. So it was a relationship and a family healing as well. And that, having after they go through, having gone through that, they are very grateful. Um, um, so it, it's, it, it was a very different sense. And, you know, there are a lot of family who will just look at me and nod politely and Go, okay. <laughs> that's your What works your for path, you. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So y- you go down there, you have this amazing experience. Mm-hmm. You're better. I mean, a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I'm all better. In fact, better. Yeah. And, but you're, so then what, what unfolds? Because I speak with a lot of people with Lyme disease and many of them, if not all of them, can point to some moment like you have, some moment of enlightenment where 
the universe shifts in them or around them or through them or what, whatever happens where, and some, some cases it's, they feel better like you. And in some cases it's just internal and then the Mm -hmm. healing begins or the, the, yeah, I'll just say the healing begins. Um, so what, you know, you've had this amazing experience. What you come back, you know, it's another one of these cases where it's a peak experience. You come back, you know, there's still the laundry and the washing machine mm-hmm. and the dishes in the sink and we're back to normal. Mm-hmm. What, what did you carry with you forward from that? How did that change yeah. you? Yeah. Um, well, when I came back, I was so confused because my test results actually hadn't come back. I didn't even know where I was in the whole um, diagnosis spectrum. So this is all um, happening really quickly. Very, very quickly. Like within six, within six weeks of getting it, I went there. And wow. when I came back, the results, the results had come back and they showed positive. Um, and then I went in to see a, my practitioner and I also consulted a Lyme specialist. I had made the appointment, you know, six weeks ahead. It took that long to get in to see him. And both of them, after they saw me the second time, they said, you don't need to come back. And the specialist said, just take these herbs. Um, these are some Amazonian herbs. She said, take them for as long as you need to. And if you don't have symptoms for three months, you can stop those too. So I took those for, you know, almost 18 months and stopped those when there was barely any symptoms left. Um, but... I came back feeling very different. I knew something huge had happened. I didn't have the words for it, and but it just unfolded over time. And my intuition opened up. I felt like I could hear the beings talking to me. Um, my work completely changed. My work became very intuitive. I knew what was what I needed to do with clients, how I needed to help them. I was much more in a state of flow, of grace. And um, things that I had struggled with um, and, you know, just seemed to ease and lift up. Um, I've, I've had some difficult experiences in my life and I, I felt like I, I, I could let them go. I didn't things weren't as hard and as anymore and i began to open up into ease and i I started experiencing this relationship with the world which i hadn't had before the world was okay it's a hard place i have to figure things out i have to you know make my way do this and do that and get to but the world became softer and i don't just mean um i think what i'm trying to say i could literally relate to the universe as a very um, intelligent force where whenever I have a problem or an issue or a challenge, I could sit with it and ask and the answers would be revealed. Um, so it became, I feel like I started developing this very interactive relationship with any sort of difficulty or challenge or, um, and then it became not so much about challenges, but what are my gifts? And what am I here to do? And, um, you know, my gifts started um, coming off more. And I realized I had a much, I have a, I have a much larger purpose. 
to serve um, than being certainly being a psychotherapist. And this, of course, I'm talking over years um, where I, I feel like part of what I'm to do is to come out and talk about healing, uh, physical healing um, after this experience and share some of that. The other piece is um, as a healer that it's not just about the physical, but it's so much about energy, it's so much about our spirit, it's so much about our relationships with ourselves, um, with each other, um, with the planet, that it's not ever just one thing that we can say, oh, I got a you know bug bite and therefore I have Lyme. No, it's not that simple. Um, I could, I could be needing to forgive someone for something. Let's say forgive my parents for something, and then my leg healed. You know, so it is put these almost seemingly disparate parts of our life that really come together to form a whole of our well-being and health. In my tradition of medicine. We talk about symptoms as not symbols necessarily, uh, because we we don't hold them to be uh, easy, recreatably traceable back to a specific source. But definitely, as as an alarm that the the your your body, your health, your being is trying to get your attention in some ways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can make sense of them. They, they, they make sense in terms of, uh, what's, what's going on underneath now. And, and in our tradition, if you are successful in silencing the alarm without healing underneath, it's just a matter of time before a new alarm mm-hmm. goes off. Right. So Precisely. in, in your way of thinking with what you've experienced, can, can you heal from Lyme without doing this deeper work? I don't know of many people who've healed of Lyme disease, so I may not be the best person to answer that. But I have spoken with cancer survivors where they've had a remission and, you know, they've been cured, um, in quotes, through Western traditional medicine. But the cancer has recurred again and again after a few years. Um, and I, I took a woman like that once back in one of my groups um, to John of God. And healing is very different from a cure. I think cure is more on the the way I think of the two words. Cure is more on the on a physical, just a, a cell level. Mm-hmm. Although I can't even say that that's healing. I feel like is on all levels where there's literally the vibration of your body changes so that the illness cannot even reside, even if you come in contact with it, cannot reside in your body. And that may not be, in fact, often it's not connected to matter Mm -hmm. as we know it. It's often emotional on a soul level or a relationship or your soul purpose. There's, it is something far deeper, and that is what needs to come into the conversation when we talk about holistic healing, um, the whole of our lives, the whole of who we are. So um, I, I imagine there are people where 
they get respite. Um, but I do also feel like if the underlying root cause hasn't been really addressed, it will come out in, in another form, for sure, to get their attention. And what inspired you to write your book? And it's entitled How I Healed from Lyme Disease. My Stories, Lessons, and, a st- and Steps to a Miracle. <laughs> I love the title. <laughs> um, I wanted to share. I just wanted to share. Um, because I know my story is unique. I feel very blessed. I feel very grateful to um, be feeling as well as I do now. Because I know so many people who have struggled for years. I mean, mine was, you know, less than a two-year stint with Lyme. Um, and I wrote the book because I wanted people to know that healing is possible, certainly, and that there is a way, and that maybe my way or some things that I tried um, might be things that they could try for themselves if, it, if, if they felt so called to. Um, and to really also provide an alternative story of healing. Rather than I did three years of antibiotics, including a pick line and so forth and so on, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) It's interesting. I just, I attempted to, I came across a physician, an older physician who was, you know, had picked up the flag for Lyme disease. So first of all, that gets your attention, right? Because so many doctors are dismissive mm-hmm. of it. So uh, so he got my attention. I was reading about him a little bit. And he's he's standard medical and, you know, prescribes antibiotics for, for people. So I contacted him and said, you know, would you be willing to do an interview? And he initially was open to the idea. And then he, I don't know. <laughs> either looked through the list of podcasts that I had or or found out I was an acupuncturist and he completely shut down. He said, uh, you know, you, you, you promote alternative treatments for Lyme disease. And I said, I promote, I promote treatment for Lyme disease and some of them are alternative, right? Said I have nothing against antibiotics, uh, you know, and I, and I won't be a hostile interview, with you at all. And I think yeah. people, it's important that you share your point of view. And that was it. He, he completely shut down. So it, I, I am interested because look, nobody's cracked the code for this thing yet, right? It's not like, yeah. you know, okay, we, if we do these two combinations of, or three combinations or this protocol for antibiotics, uh, you know, in, in, in nine months you feel better or in 18 months you feel better. Mm-hmm. So many people have tried so many things. And so many things work, and then yeah. so many things don't work. So I, yeah. at this point, the the broader net that you're casting out there, the better. And the spirit side of things, as you know, is is crucial. If and and again, my my foundation is is my training as an acupuncturist. I did not come to acupuncture with any particular elevated sense of spirit at all. <laughs> I was fairly close. How did you come to it? Uh, divine you? intervention, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was. Okay. I wasn't sick. So it was interesting. Most of the people in my class had had some experience with acupuncture that really changed their lives uh, and mm-hmm. were drawn then to share this with other people, much like you, you, your story about writing your book. 
for me, I was reading about it and was fascinated with a, that it was an alternative explanation for how the world works. My mom had been real sick with mental disease and the doctor said, yeah, she just had some imbalance, chemistry imbalances in the brain. We're going to give her these lithium and then she's going to be balanced and life is going to be good, except it never happened. Right. So it's like, okay, you guys don't have the whole story. So I was looking for, I think in the background, alternative stories for how this all works. So I was reading about acupuncture and this one afternoon clear as day, a cold uh, winter break, sitting in the sun, and I'm reading this, and the voice on one shoulder says, you know, you could do this, and the voice on the other shoulder says, I am going to do this, and that was it. There is no, is there a career path? Is this a good fit for you? There's no discussion at all, and that was it. The decision was made. Uh, I'm not sure if I made the decision or not, but the, de- <laughs> the decision was made and I pursued uh, getting into acupuncture school. And it's a t- typical kind of Eastern uh, apprentice stories. They told me to go away the first two years I applied. They said, you're too young. Go away. Um, oh, and, my God. Yeah. And so finally, the third year I came back and they said, oh, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're still here kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You can you can mop the floors. No, that's not. I was put it all, but by that time I had been, I had gotten married and, uh, uh, and again, it was my third year applying. So, uh, they let me matriculate. So, oh, I love, isn't that I funny? Love that story. I yeah. love that story. That's it's so perfect. And it's, that's it. You're, you're a healer. That's, that's you were called to do this. And, um, yeah, how wonderful, how wonderful. And so what is your, um, take on Lyme disease? What has your experience been? What, how do you approach it? In my practice, I'm seeing people after the antibiotics. And really that's mm-hmm. as an acupuncturist, you're essentially seeing people quote unquote after the antibiotics. So I get mm-hmm. people who don't like their options. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and for the most part, Western medicine has failed them. Mm-hmm. And they're either being told, uh, we don't know what's going on with you. You have to learn to live with it, or we can give you these drugs and they're not interested in being on medications or, you know, here, here's another path. You need surgery. Some, some option they don't like, right? So they don't like their options. And that's when acupuncture comes from the bottom of the list of options to, to the, it starts floating to the top. <laughs> you know, people start saying, well, have you tried acupuncture? And then some people are very open to it and, and jump in right away. And other people, it takes years for them to kind of wind their way to the office. So, so the, the, my point is the, the Lyme people are, are, are similar when they come into my office. So usually uh, I'm not seeing the people who are wheelchair bound uh, and in so much pain that they're in hospitals and they're that severe, right? I'm seeing people who are either never got to that phase or have come out of that phase and are looking for the last 30% of healing or 50% of something. So, so they're functionally, they're, they're functionally not doing it. They're not sleeping. You know, they still have migratory pain that can be pretty severe at times, but other times. Okay. You know, they're, they're having gastrointestinal issues. They're, 
um, you know, maybe some brain fog and things like that. So the, 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 it becomes, and, and unfortunately with the testing right now, and I, I really truly believe this is going to change and blow the doors off of everything in the next, the next two to five years. We'll get tests that I can actually tell whether or not you have an infection. You know, as how much of the treatment is continuing to find bacteria in hiding places? And how much of it is recovering from this arduous journey that they've been on and the damage that has come sometimes from the treatment themselves uh, and sometimes just uh, from from being sick for so long. You know, they're they're depleted in deep, deep ways. So they can be depleted spiritually, right? Like just their their faith in the world and in the the goodness of things, and if they believe in God, their faith in God has been rattled. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be emotionally yeah. and mentally wrecked, um, and just yeah. uh, angry or uh, just sullen or just not. There's no joy or no sweetness left in life, mm-hmm. and then and then there's the physical, right? And then there's the physical. Mm-hmm. And again, that can be, well, whether it's pain or the neurological symptoms or trouble eating, uh, you know, I've had lunch today with a a woman who's been a friend, uh, a colleague and and a patient. We have this kind of multifaceted relationship and, um, Mm -hmm. her, her gut is wrecked beyond anybody I have ever met or heard about. Mm. And Mm. basically she has to fast, uh, in order to feel good. And when she eats, uh, things quickly begin to turn around for the worse very quickly. So she's, she said, well, my current pattern that I figured out and bless her. She talking about somebody who's strong. She has stuck with this for years and years to figure this out. Um, is, is she fasts for five days and eats for two. And it's, you know, she says it's not great, but you know, she's got this t-shirt business she's doing now and she can take care of her children and participate where before she could barely drag herself through the day, you know? So it's, yeah. I mean, it just, the, 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 you know, so the question is, does, does she have biofilm of the bacteria in her gut that keep reinfecting? Is this just massive damage that's been done over the years Again, from the time she had been on antibiotics plus the, whatever other infections that she had, we, we don't know. So it's uh, it's really meeting people where they are. I guess I'm finally getting to the answer to your question. Meeting people where they are, trying to figure out a path out. And I don't even want to say forward. It's a path out, right? Because the path yeah, yeah. switches back. Uh, you can go down dead ends. You have to retrace it. Again, no, nobody's cracked the code. So, uh, part of, yeah. you know, part of it is, is, is what, what you're doing too is almost old fashioned nursing. Um, and even the Lyme literate doctors, they talk about, you know, I have so many questions and, you know, I'm being treated by Dr. So and so and they're the ones who have all the books out there and all the big centers that they're going to and have national reputations or international reputations. But they don't have time to sit there and hold their hands. They're, they've got to line out the door. They've got to get people yeah. through as quickly as they can, trying to help as many as they can. And sometimes yeah. what people need is just encouragement and, yeah, this is a good line of research to take on your own. So yeah, go for it. That This makes a lot of sense. Or that there is hope and there are people out there like you 
yeah. you know, who, yeah. who have healed yeah. and feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. Yeah. And I know it's, it's such a, it's such a consuming disease because it's not clear cut. It's so mystifying and it's so completely unique for each person. And even the doctors have to treat each one differently um, because of all the multiple kinds of viruses and the layers that they form. So it's so complicated. Um, and you're right, nobody has the code. And we're all searching. Um, I, I was actually reached out, reached out to my um, Lyme literate doctor the other day, um, who was wonderful, um, because I've expanded my work to sound healing, and I've been reading about the whole um, area of vibrational medicine mm-hmm. and 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 healing. And we actually had a, a really fascinating conversation. He said, "You know, we are fast approaching." that same concept that ultimately it's a vibration because when we look at the viruses under a microscope, that's really what they are. They're a vibration. And so we had a really interesting conversation about sound and, you know, what might be possible. And it takes us back to the work of, of, of the Rife machines. Where they, yes. they, they, they do use the Rife machines mm-hmm. for, for Lyme. So I'm, you know, starting to explore well, what what can sounds do? What can healing sounds, how can healing sounds help? Um, because with vibration, I mean, that's the principle of vibrational medicine is when the sound, when the cells know their true frequency or vibration, which we all have, because in all of our bodies is this blueprint of perfection. And the principle of vibration and sound is to help the body remember what it's forgotten, you know, because of illness or toxins or the disease and so on. Um, so, yeah, I think there are, I think it's, it's Lyme is an issue we have to work with on every level. I don't think that it's never ever one level yeah. and it is going to be different for each person, which is the hardest part. It reminds me, if you look at medical history and the history of the discovery of tuberculosis and finally the cure for it, it's, it's almost the same sort of thing. Be, before they even knew it was a, a bacteria, uh, the, the, we, the, the people were casting nets here and there and everywhere. Um, trying to, you know, with various, various, uh, success, trying to find an underlying mechanism. And, and so it forced, it's kind of almost like your spiritual awakening. It forced, uh, uh an awakening to a whole nother level. Oh my goodness. There's all these little creatures <laughs> out there. And some of them, you know, initially we assumed they're all, all evil, right? And, and now we kind of know, well, there's some good ones and some that if they're wrong, wrong proportions can be bad. And then there's some that are just outright bad. Um, 
And, and I, th- I think we're, we're in the, that kind of doorstep. It's like, in order to get to the other side, we're going to have to learn something completely new. So in some ways, it, it, it may be a scientific, scientific spiritual journey, if you can combine the two, where, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. going to take some discovery and some letting go of some old ideas and prejudices and ego and all that so that we can, we can move forward. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Yeah, definitely. So my tray, right? My tray, yeah. Oh, good. I got it right. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) You've been very kind with your time. I really appreciate it. And in wrapping up, I'd like to give you the last word. If there's something that I forgot to ask about or that just popped into your mind, I said, oh, yes, I have to share this. And then also let people know where they can get your book and where they can get in touch with you if they'd like to. Sure, thank you. And I, I want to thank you so much um, for spending this time together. It's been a real treat to talk with you. And I love that you're an acupuncturist. And um, it's been really a joy to speak with you. Um, I just want to hold out for people that there is hope. Um, there is definitely hope. And when it seems really dark, um, I think to just reach out to what, whatever, uh, whatever path that you're trying um, will take you somewhere. Um, so often I think we're, we're afraid that we're not getting anywhere, but um, in our reaching, in our trying, that we will take the next step towards something. And like you said, the path goes forwards and backwards and upwards and down, but there is a way out. Um, and my book is available on Amazon, How I Healed from Lyme Disease, and people are welcome to contact me. Uh, my website is um, www.mytrae.com. That's M-Y-T-R-A-E.com, and you're welcome to write, with, write to me with questions or, um, yeah, I'm happy to support. Beautiful. <laughs> a this was a wonderful interview and what was interesting to me about it is she described her Lyme disease and her experience with Lyme disease as a driving force for her and we've had people talk about Lyme disease as a spiritual experience as a transformative experience but we don't I, it, I, in my experience, we have not had a lot of people talk about Lyme disease as that driving force of you got to get up and fix stuff now. You know what I mean? Well, I think it comes down to, yes, you're right. First yeah. of all, yes, you're right. Most people don't speak of it yeah. that way, although and, it's unspoken. Yeah, I would say, like, the other thing is, like, yeah, of course it is, but it, it is unspoken. Well, two, two things I think we see happens. Many people are motivated by it. They want to get better. Yeah. Right? Kind of Lao Tzu's old, the, the wise person is sick of being sick. So mm-hmm. they're sick of being sick and sick of not getting help. So they really go out and explore and look at different opportunities, options mm-hmm. also for healing. So I think that part's 
unspoken. The other thing is at some point, the willpower, yeah. the driving force gets used up and people just collapse. So there's often points in a person's Lyme journey where they're just not motivated. And that's that's one reason we have this podcast. And somebody who's completely worn out, can barely do anything in bed, can hit their iPhone, put on their headphones, their earbuds, or just put it on speaker and listen. And somehow in listening and hearing other people's stories, maybe a little spark of motivation and humanity can be restored there. Yeah. So it is it is interesting to talk about Lyme disease as something that initiates willpower or vision to, to get better. And the other interesting thing is we've been focusing mostly on the physical. And it is something that's not talked about a lot in the circles we've been interviewing, the whole spiritual side of things. And I mean, literally religious spiritual side of things, not uh, kind of feeling that there's a higher power out there. So that also I agree is, is, is spiritual. But then there's a subset of that, which is spirit through religion or through prayer. And people do get healed or regain their motivation or their drive through things like that. And we touch on it. Many of the people who we've interviewed touch on it one way or the other. And this is explicit. I mean, there's very clear. You go down to, what was it? John of God. Yeah. Yeah. Where is that? Is it in Brazil or Argentina? Yes, Brazil, Brazil, right? Yeah. Go down there, pray, and get better. I mean, that's just ridiculously amazing. And it also points to we only know so much. We only know so much about how the body really works and how the mind works and how the spirit works. So keep your minds open. Follow your heart. If you pray, pray. Keep on keeping on, as they say. Yeah. All right. If you like what we're doing here at I at iTunes, at Lime Ninja Radio, <laughs> put the cart before the horse. If you like what we're doing here on iTunes, go on over to Lime Ninja Radio. <laughs> no. If you like what we're doing here at Lime Ninja Radio, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. At the bare minimum, click on the number of stars you think we deserve. Somewhere between one and five, five being really great. So far, we don't have any one reviews yet. We may get one. And then also, please, if you have the time, write a short comment and let people know, let us know why you like it or what you think we can do better. We'd really, really appreciate it. And it helps us get the word out. Yes. Also, uh, if you like what we're saying and you want to hear a little bit more from us, you can go on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com. Put your email in for a subscription to the Ninja Nuggets. The Ninja Nuggets are five short news items in and around Lyme disease. They're lots of fun. And we're going to start focusing on different healing modalities with our, we've been kind of tracking what people click, what people are interested in. And most of the people are very interested in different ways to get help, which makes total sense. So we're going to be focusing the Ninja Nuggets more about nugget ways to get better. 
but every now and then I have to put in a little bit of juicy gossip. And this week, it's the fact that we've got some folks suing insurance companies for denying coverage to Lyme disease patients. Yes, out of Texarkana, Texas. So we're going to keep our eye on this lawsuit. This is very, very interesting. I don't know how many. It's a it's a class action. So there's a group, I believe, of 25 people who are suing, saying they weren't getting the care that was contracted. It's a landmark case, from what I can tell. And the results are going to send reverberations throughout the country. So if you want to learn more about that, go ahead over to LimeNinjaRadio.com. Give us your email address, and we will send you this week's Ninja Nuggets. All right, Aurora, we are wrapping up this episode. And as you longtime Lime Ninjas know, we always end a podcast with the Lime Ninja Fact of Today. Did you know, if you stand next to a ninja, that you will always have perfect cell reception? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique, and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.